dovetails so well into what I want to talk about this morning because the way God does that is through a baptism of his spirit. And within his spirit, there is this thing called power. And he gives us everything that we need. Do you realize that? God does not leave anything short. He doesn't say, here's the, here's, here's the, here's the, the, uh, the, the, the journey with me, the relationship with me, and this is what I'm looking for, and then go, right now, you've got to go figure all that out on your own, and you'll need to go get your own resource and your own thing to achieve that. No, he says, here's my will, and here's my giving you me, so you can achieve this in me. Which means everything is fully possible. Which means that we have to change this because if we use language like that's impossible, guess what? That's wisdom of the demonic. James says that. Go read James 3, 13 to 18. It says, if your mindset is opposite, I'm paraphrasing it, to his, it's demonic. It's come from the kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms, isn't there? Light and darkness. So his kingdom of light speaks and sees a reality. If we're not in that, even though we're sons, fallen ones at that, growing in and becoming more and more, not living as a slave like Galatians talks about, but truly living as a son, then if our thinking doesn't align to that, it's still demonic. And that's why he said to Peter, get behind me for your thinking is that of man. So God, help me. What are the things that you've given me that my thinking would be like yours? Ah, great question, Greg. It's called my Holy Spirit. And it's called the power that's discovered through my spirit, which loosens you from you and brings you straight into my paradigm, my reality, my realm. Because you live here in the world in the kingdom of darkness, but you are not of it because my seed came into you and baptized you to bring the fullness of that reality that you may live in the kingdom of darkness and I'm not taking you out of it because I've used you, called you to influence and to be a light in it. But you're going to need more and more to come into the reality of me. I will build my people. I'm going to build my ecclesia. I'm going to build my people, my church. And I do it my way. Unless the Lord builds the house, they build in. Who's the house? Unless the Lord builds us, we run around doing it all in. You realize we can run around doing a whole lot of activity, a whole lot of religious things. I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your burnt offerings. I don't want all the stuff you bring me. What I want is you. And I want to build you because you are the temple of my spirit. And I've given you my spirit that you would be formed as a strong, powerful temple in me. Me and you is the hope of the world. Not you, me and you. But unless you do it my way, you just build in vain. You know what the word vain means? Emptiness, vanity, falsehood. We're building falsely? Maybe. One of the ways that you know you're building falsely is you're tired and exhausted and you're anxious and you're worried. 
Now, those are human feelings. But my Bible says, you know the cure for anxiousness and worry? Is seek first the kingdom. Actually, what it says in the title, it says the remedy for anxiousness. Seek first the reality of God, the fullness of God. And the things of the world which are demonic will fall away. I'm not saying you won't go through stuff, but you know what? There's something far greater in you that overcomes. I build my people, and my people push back the gates of what? The kingdom of darkness, the reality of darkness. Why? Because there's a God in them that's so powerful and living and real, not the theory of it, the reality of it. Why? Because Jesus builds his church, and he builds it his way. So our position on that is to what? Submit to the building process. Submit to the plans. If a builder doesn't build the house according to the plans, what you get is a dodgy house that falls down when earthquakes happen. The reality of that in this nation just happened because the buildings weren't built to a plan that was able to sustain the pressure and they collapsed and 200 plus people were killed. They're going around the buildings in this, in this city, red taping, yellow taping buildings now, going, that building's not up to spec, that building's not up to spec, that building needs to be tagged red or yellow. And you've got now time, what, to strengthen the building. It's a time to strengthen the building. Can you hear me? I will build my church. How do you strengthen the building? Through the power of my Holy Spirit. Through the power of me in you. How do you do that? I give you my spirit and truth. It's called a thing called the Bible. I put myself down on paper. But not just paper, the living reality of me. Because my word, spirit and truth is active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts, it judges, it forms. It's like the beautiful sculpture. It starts to sculpt. And out of the clay, a pot of nothing, comes something. The living word comes to do that in our lives. It comes to cut away the dross. It comes to cut away the rubbish. It comes to transform all the stinking thinking that we hold on to that kills us that we think bursts life. But guess what? It comes through the cross. For the cross is the power to those who are being saved, but to those who are foolish, it's nothing. But Greg, I went to the cross 20 years ago. Great! Your whole life is to go to the cross. It's not a one-time event. It's a lifetime process of repentance. Do you know the pattern to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Spirit that's in the Word? It's you come snapped. You come broken. Blessed are the poor in, for theirs is the... God showed me a picture of the femur bone. One of the strongest, longest bone in the human body during the week. And it went like this. Snap. Do you know? We've got to get snapped and snapped and snapped. Do you know Why? Because the God of self that lives in every one of us wants to live. But do you know how it gets snapped? You can't snap it. 
You don't want to snap your leg, do you? You want your leg to be as it is. You don't want anyone else to try and snap it. It wants to stay as it is. So the way you get snapped, your bone to be snapped, is a greater reality has to come into you. It's called Him. See, people go on this religious process to try and die to themselves. Okay, give me the how-to manual on how to die to self. Step number one, take a gun, put bullets in it, and you can't. There's nothing in you and me that wants to die. Have you found that out? He says, obey me. We go, no. This is what my children are saying to me at the moment. Can you please get your clothes on? We're going to be late. Yes, Dad. Dad goes and has a shower. Five minutes later, still running around their undies, chasing one another, doing wrestling headlocks and stuff. I'm like, guys, did you not hear me? Yes, Dad. Can you please get dressed? Yes, Dad. Dad goes away. He's got no clothes on. (laughs) Goes in, gets dressed, comes back in. What part of this didn't you understand? It was her. It was her. Isn't that us? It wasn't me. It was her. She made me do it. Oh no, she made me do it. The finger of justification. Put your finger up and say, this is my finger of justification. You know what happens to the finger of justification? It needs to be turned around and pointed back itself. It was you. It was me. I've lost my thought of track. <laughs> and you go in there and it's like, what is going to put some clothes on? <laughs> Look all right? Got me. See, there's nothing in me. I look at my children, I want to obey, I want to do their own thing. I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. So I need a pouring in of something far greater than me. John said it this way, he must increase so I decrease. The only way we decrease is if he reveals himself more in us. Hence, seek me with all your heart. Hence me, I give you the very food source for that to happen. Not just a book, me. It's one of the ways, it's called truth. And the other thing I give you is my spirit. So you can have an encounter with me from spirit to spirit in which you're changed to a measure. Your capacity is enlarged to a measure. That happened to me 15 years ago. I'd never picked up the book, but in my workplace, his spirit came into me and I came into a capacity of him like that. Why? Because I was in a state of absolutely brokenness smashed into a trillion pieces. You see, there's something in us. When we get to that point, that you scream, you're so desperate. I want you more than I want the God of self. Because the God of self has done nothing. It can't get me out of this jam. I tried. And I had to be smashed. And when I look in here, this is the pattern. See, Peter, full of bravado, full of self, I'm going to go with you, no matter what happens. And they all said the same thing. Hey, boys, you think you can pray for five seconds? It wasn't just long ago, just three sentences ago in the Word. Go read it in Matthew. But you told me you were going to die with me. Now when I need you to pray, you can't even pray. 
it says what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh, the God of self, is weak. See, all this big bravado, acknowledging it, we're all that, we're all this, we're all this, and then when the time comes to be tested, he's found out. It's not in them to be able to pray in Jesus' most dying, intimate moment. How many people want people walking with you like that? When it comes to the crunch, I want people walking with me to what they say they are. Why? Because they've received and are receiving the continuous outpouring of the Spirit of God. It's not an event, it's a process, like Mike says, your whole life. That you are continually filled and filled and filled and from the inside out, out comes rivers of living water. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, the life that can be found in Him. So everything that I'm saying over the next, I don't know how many weeks, it's building upon itself. Okay, everything that I give you, that He gives me to give you, is a building block. What was my main thought in the last two weeks? Who can tell me? Who can tell me what the main point was? No? Please encourage me. Stu. No. The main point. What have I said? Sorry? He will build his church. Well, how does he build the church? He builds it in us, but how does he do that? The revealed position in him. So, guys, can I encourage you? If we're not... um, Ebby said this thing last Sunday. What are we doing with what we're hearing? And LJ came up to me and said, I was so challenged by that. What have I been doing with everything that's been spoken? Nothing? Just been a good ride and I go home and nothing changes? This is the living word. Even if you've just in your own time. What are we doing with what we're hearing? If it's nothing, then we might as well pack up and go home. Because to be honest, I've got better things to do than come here and just talk. I'd rather go and watch Liverpool play. I'd rather go and play golf. I'd rather go to the gym. If we're not doing anything with it, let's all flag it. Yeah? Let's put the rock up for sale, sell the building, give it away. I don't know. We'll do whatever. We'll all go live for ourselves. Yeah? Yeah? Maybe? Maybe not. I don't know. We take that to eldership, Mike. We'll vote on that one. But what's the point? Because there is a reward at the end of the whole thing called himself. And if we are not living according to the blueprint, guess what? You will not receive the reward. I'm sick and tired of everyone believing that they're actually, everyone's in the same boat and the spirit of apathy comes and everyone goes, oh, it's okay, you know what? Because by grace we're all saved and we're all going to get it. Rubbish. Read the book. Read the book and let the book define the reality that you think, not some person that's spoken it who may or may not have been in a revealed position of truth. Read the book, please. Because the reality of the book will waken you if you're in a slumber this morning. It'll put the fear of God into you and the love of God all at the same time. So God gives us a baptism of spirit and power to waken us and loosen us 
from our reality that doesn't want to live for Him. You don't really want to live for Him. You know that? Can I be really truthful? The Bible says that we don't really want Him in our dysfunctional state. We don't. Unless He draws us to Him, and the only way a man, woman can come is if the Spirit of God draws. I'm the only one that can reveal the Father, and the Father is the only one and to whom I choose to reveal. We have to settle this issue once and for and realize who we actually are without Him. Hence a message about six months ago now, a true worshiper knows where they've come from and who lives in them without Christ. And really, it is the starting point to your Christianity because if you get that revealed, it catapults you into amazing worship because you, you realize how far we are all are from Him. So all I will give you all is an outcome of knowing who I actually am without Him. But it can only come as the Spirit of God reveals it. That's why flesh and blood can't take you there. It's the Spirit of God that needs to take you there. So you can hear it come out of my mouth, but nothing happens because you don't seek the reality of it through the Spirit. It can happen in a heartbeat because your heart is open and it's fertile and God has been plowing the ground. And so when that living word, if it is a living word, is spoken, it can reach and go into the airways and go smack. And revelation comes and Chris is woken up like that to a reality which causes an effect, cause and effect of laying one's life down. Why? Because the truth to a measure, a capacity has just been implanted into him in his spirit. And living truth comes and a life, it looks like it. I'm tired. <laughs> Need a drink. I'm just excited. Okay? Forgive me if I sound like I'm shouting at you. I'm not meant to, I'm just excited um, by the reality that's fully available to everybody. And I just want to see everyone live in the reality that he wants you to live in and I want to live in. And sometimes it takes you to get quite passionate so people sort of, and like Mike said, it can all be a bit like, but it's part of the transformational process. See, the butterfly is the outcome, but you don't chase the outcome. The fruit is the outcome. We don't chase fruit. We seek Him. And the fruit takes after itself. Can you see? To live an all-out committed life, you don't try and live it. You seek Him, and through the revealing of Him, through Spirit and Spirit and Truth, which is His Word, which only the Holy Spirit can do, you start awakening to a reality. And you know what? Your natural desire is to follow Him. It's the only reason I do what I do. It's the only reason. Because the reality of God that He has revealed and continues to reveal through the seeking which is available to all is so overwhelmingly, incredibly amazing, your natural response is to want to follow. And it's actually not hard when that is the work that's done. It's an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to give your life away. It's not hard. It's not costly now. It is, but it's not, if that makes any sense. You want to die. It's a natural decision to die. Why? Because you know 
His Spirit is doing a work in you. And it's, it's, it's not even a choice, guys. It's not a choice. It's an innate response. That's what love is, isn't it? Ultimate response of love is innate. It's just, course I'm going to. You don't have to try and convince me. You don't have to try and woo me. You don't have to try and attract me. Unless they build and the Lord builds it. That's what we're trying to do with everybody. Attract everybody to Jesus. Jesus is not attractive. Is it? Let's be honest. Without the Spirit of God, is truth attractive? The message he brought got him killed. It's only when the Spirit enlightens you that it becomes attractive. Or you come to the place of absolute brokenness and being smashed that it becomes attractive. Oh my goodness. You see it for what it is and it's always been there, but your stupor has never seen it. But yet it's right in front. There is a reality right in front of us. Right in front. But what I can't and no one can do is give you the reality that sits right here. But Paul saw it and he wrote it down and said, this is for every one of my people. And man, I'm on my knees day and night, Father, praying and praying and praying and praying that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened to the knowledge of you, to the riches of your glory, Lord, that they would understand who they are and what you've done for them, that you want sons, no longer slaves, and you want people to sit next to your throne and reign with you in the millennium and marry me and spend their eternity with me this close to see your face. But Lord, I can't give them the reality. And my heart breaks. And I would give up my life for my fellow brothers. But it's not the way, but I would give it that all would see it. Help us, Lord. Father, help us. Come Holy Spirit now and just baptize us afresh. Fill us afresh, Father. See the brokenness in our hearts, the desperation, the contrite spirit, Lord. And fill us afresh. Lord, rescue us from ourselves. Rescue us from the things that we can't rescue ourselves from. Lord, we may have a desire for it, but we can't do it. We're always found doing the opposite of what we want to do. And we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Father. So Lord, as we're speaking, as we're contending, as we're dialoguing, I pray and continue to pray as we leave that this work, this genuine, authentic work of your Spirit would be done in us, Lord. In us, Father. Help us, Lord. read you Philippians 2. And this, once again, is Paul writing a reality. And it's the reality that Jesus walked in and lived from. 
Philippians 2, verses 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. <laughs> yeah, right. That would make a great two years, wouldn't it? That up there and just, yeah, right. You realize how important it is that we need him in us to be able to live that out? Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. This is something I'm trying to teach the girls. And, you know, I know full well that it's not possible without the Spirit of God entering them and baptizing them because there's nothing in them that wants to live that out. And you can try and do that out of your own self-will, and it lasts for a period of time until something greater comes that you then, the self-God, just can't handle. So we can do it to a measure in our human love, our conditional love, but if we want to live this fully out, fully out, no matter what it is that comes, no matter what the offense, no matter what it is, it's only through the power of the Spirit and truth that you can live this out. Verse 5, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Here are some key words. But emptied himself. Emptied himself. What would being completely emptied of self look like? It looked like Christ. Who are we to become? Like Christ. Made into the image of Christ. Not many gods. Fully possible. Be made into his image. I give you my divine promises. So I give you my promises so you can partake of the divine nature. Love. Joy. Peace. taking the form of a bond servant. And when you read this book, you'll see Paul say, Paul, a bond servant of Christ. Timothy, a bond servant. Peter, I'm a bond servant. Do some homework and have a look what a bond servant is. Because they are, once again, declaring a reality that they're living in and from. And being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Verse 9, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Uh, Every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those on heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we are to reflect him. We are to be bondservants. Completely giving one's life up willingly. When the option of not is on the cards, we choose to willingly 
don't have to, willingly. Why? Because through a baptism of his spirit, which is continuous, spirit, he is the spirit. Okay, So when I say God, hear God. When I say spirit, hear God. Hear Jesus. Hear his word. Hear truth. He's all that together. So at a greater baptism of God in us, we are then able to be bondservants. Receive. Can't choose this on my own free will because there's nothing in me that wants to choose it. Greater capacity of him comes in. The power in which is contained within that Holy Spirit operates through me. And now there is actually a genuine power in me to be able to live this out. I'm not trying to live it in my own strength. How many of us try and do this in our own strength and have failed? Don't put your hand up. What does the Bible say? There's nothing in your strength that's going to get you anywhere apart from being frustrated, disillusioned, and angry with Him. It must be His way. That's man's way. And it stinks. But His way. We just sung the song. Be my strength. Give me vision to see as you do. Give me wisdom. You are my strength. You are my rock. So, he wants to fill himself more and more, wants to fill up an empty vessel. Now, we're continually on this process, okay? It's a continuous process of seeking him. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have every sin under the book nailed down. Hear what I'm saying. You come as you are. He looks at the heart. He's not concerned. He's died for past, present sin. That's wrong teaching again that keeps us in bondage. He came, he died for it all. It's the heart he looks to, guys. It's your heart. It's your heart. It's your heart. Don't look at the good-looking six-foot-full brother. It's the heart. Just because you might be six-foot-three, six-foot-five-foot-eight, I don't know, whatever, and good-looking doesn't mean you can't have a heart after God, though. But it's the heart. Every man looks at the outside, but I look at the heart and I see what's in the heart. That is the thing that will get you exalted or not. The heart that tries to exalt itself. Trust me, I've seen it in 13 years of ministry, 15 years, all the time. But I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. Does anyone want him? Just him. Isn't he enough? No, I have to find a platform to speak on. I've got to find a platform to sing on because don't you know I've got a gift and it needs to be ministered to? Rubbish! I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. Sick of the religiousness. And it's everywhere. Everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in this country. It's in the countries. And God's sick of it. He's had enough. He's had enough. And it's time for the church to wake up. And he says, I want to pour out my spirit. I did it 2,000 years ago. It's fully available now. But what he looks for is hearts that turn. We keep praying for something that's happened. It's happened. The problem is us. Our hearts don't want him. It's us. So he looks, but he doesn't see brokenness. He doesn't see contrite spirit. He sees pride. He sees ego. He says, we can do it on our own. We actually don't need you. 
I'm talking to the leadership as well. I'm just going to let loose. It was in me. I want to do it my way. Not intentionally. I thought I was doing it his way. Till he comes and I started seeking him. Because a brother came to me and said, you know what, Greg? There are parts of this that aren't right. It's not right. And guess what? My heart was on the judgment seat at that point. Because what have I said? No, you're wrong. Because of the pride in my heart. You're wrong. I'm right. Because I want to be right. Who else is with me? We all want to be right. I know what's right. Don't tell me, Dad. I'm only five and a half. But I know what's right. I did it to my mum and dad. You've done it to your mum and dad. And we do it to one another. Well, I'll tell you who knows what's right. It's him. And if we can all get over ourselves and find ourselves as broken, contrite heart and spirit, guess what? He may just choose to reveal himself. And guess what? We may just get get set free. More and more and more. But while we play these games, these religious games, thinking we're all that pompous, full of this and full of that, it'll never happen. But he's doing it here. Whether you're aware of it or not, he's doing it here. And there is a reality that he wants us all to come into. There are no favorites. Every one of us has an opportunity. So it comes back to, do you want me? I want you. I laid my life down for you. Do you want me? And I'm going to give you more of me to help you want me. Because there's nothing in you that wants me, so I have to pour my spirit into you. But what I need to see is a contrite, broken spirit heart. I need to see humility. I need to see humbleness. Now you can't even get there on your own. We are stuffed. 100% stuffed. Because there's nothing in you that wants to take you to the place that you need to get to. That's why Paul said this. My grace is Jesus said to Paul, sorry. Paul went, take the thorn out. God said, no. Help me, help me take the thorn out. No. That's not very fair, is it? Is that fair? But God, you're the God that takes thorns away. Yes, I am. But not this time. But that's not fair. You took the thorn out the other day for this person. Yep, but that was this person. And this is you. Because you need this. They needed that, but you need this. See, God deals with us all individually, but we're all aligning going to the same place. But what we go through is different. So you can't judge and look at that and go, oh, I want that. And my... No. He says this to Paul at this point in time. No. He says, Jesus, my grace, what I have done on the cross is far more sufficient than just a thorn. Come on, son. Where's your eyes? Where's your faith? Who are you looking to? You're looking at yourself. And you're screaming out, look to me, grace, what I've done. And Paul wakes up and goes, oh, that's right. And then he says, I'm going to remain in weakness because your power gets perfected in me when I let you walk me through what I don't want to go through. None of us want to go through what we need to get through to get the result. Do you know that? So we're stuffed. So then it's about faith. Because he takes you right to the cliff and he says, I know you don't want to go over there. But my grace is sufficient, son. 
He stands right beside you. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In fact, I'll carry you. But what you need to do is that. Otherwise, you're never going to get the power in you. I've met so many Christians that run away from the opportunities that God brings to do a work in them. And they say, oh no, it's God leading me away. I heard from the Lord. Can I be really honest? <laughs> I was praying this week, I read in Psalms, it says the Lord's like a, a shield of favor around you. So I believe, as I say this, the shield of favor is around me. So if anyone's got any tomatoes or anything, I hope it's only tomatoes and not knives. The amount of times we say that, probably 2% is true. That's my experience, okay? The amount of people that say to me, the Lord told me, 2%. My experience of 15 years. They go off, never works out. When are we going to start being real and honest and God leads us, it's Him. God is leading this community to the edge of that platform. He started four years ago, leading you right here. And going, now I know none of you want to go through it. I didn't want to go through what I went through. So you're confronting, he goes, my grace is sufficient. Do you know what that is? Do you know what his grace is? Unmerited favor that was accomplished on the cross. That he does not zap you and me. His favor, it's like an umbrella that sits over you and I while we are working this out. If he took it away, he would zap, we would be zapped. Welcome to the Old Testament, guys. Boom! Same God. His grace is his safety mechanism to stop destroying us while we say one thing and do another. Oh, we're all this and we're all this and we're all this. And yet the outworking of it, we fall well short. And his grace covers it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the grace that covers me while the transformation is taking place. Because if it wasn't there, no, I would be zapped. Because of this thing in me that wants to be God. It's the same seed in Satan. He just took it to another level. And so he comes and he says, My thought, my grace is sufficient. Because the power, as you step into this and go, Ooh, yuck! And your flesh screams. What's the cross? Death to the flesh. And your flesh goes, I don't want to go here. I want to run away. I want to go back to where I came from, where it's safe. This is horrible. My grace is sufficient. Keep walking. There's a work going on. And it's horrible. Yes, it's horrible. I hate it. And then in a moment in time, something happens in you. And it's like, talk to Jeremy. If you want to experience someone in the last eight weeks that's gone through something, talk to Jeremy. And through the pain and God allowing a back problem, he's taken into a depth. The man has gone to a depth that I don't know if I've even been yet. And what he's found in the depth and he's being transformed. He isn't trans yet. He's in this transformational thing. And the life that's come is incredible. Scary for most of us, but incredible. The power gets out work as you step out into what I've done. And then Paul says, man, then I'm going to just continue to be on my face and let you kill my flesh more and more and more and more. Galatians 2.20. For the life I now live, I live by 
faith. I still have this thing in me, but it's getting less and less and less. Why? Because the capacity of God in the man was getting more, 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 more. Did the man ever arrive? No. No, he didn't. We never, all of us are going to arrive until he comes and there's that judgment and bang, she's off. Man, I'm just going to, what are we up to? I had a whole lot of scriptures that I, okay, well, I'm just going to read out these scriptures and then I'm going to read them quite quickly. Because what I want to do is just let these scriptures speak for themselves, okay? And they'll be behind me. And when I did this, they are phenomenal. Luke 3, 21 to 22. So we're going to start with Christ. Okay? Now, when all the people were baptized, this is water baptism, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form. Okay? Descended upon him in bodily form. We think of this little dove and this little bit of a dove. It, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form. It says, we're going to read it, clothed in power. Well, we all put on our clothes today. Clothed. Descended upon him. There's one area that the church freaks out or doesn't understand. It's this. The spirit. Why? Because we're so carnal and fleshly, it's not funny. And so the things that we don't understand, we throw under the carpet and hope it goes away. But it's for us to be people of the spirit. Yeah? And yes, there's wackiness in the spirit, and there's deadness in the truth. But that doesn't mean we go after spirit and truth. Correct? Maybe. Okay. And a voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Luke 3, 21-22. Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay? Anointed him with Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit and power. The word power, dunamis, I think you pronounce it, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Matthew three eleven. As for me, this is John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. Humility of the man. He know, this man knows who he is and who he's not. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I looked up the word fire. It means fire. Put your hand in the fire. Ow! That in you. See, there is a reality, man, I'm telling you about We've got to go after it. Not because of selfish motive. Not because we want it just for us. But because we want to glorify Him. And we must go after it if we're going to glorify Him. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed. Everyone say clothed. With power from where? From the earth? No, from on high, from my realm into yours. So go into that room and do not leave Jerusalem until the power, the baptism, the spirit of fire comes upon you, in you, and enlightens you to a reality. And that's to be continuous. It's not an event. 
The laying on of hands can be a continuous process. The more you read and living reality comes through here, guess what? The greater the baptism of power fire in you, the greater truth in you, which, boom, brings life from the inside, rivers. So I'm not, when I say, go with me, when I'm saying boom, I don't necessarily mean boom, like that. I mean, just in the moment when he starts to speak, it's like, whoa, that's a boom on the inside. But it can result in being external. Running around, getting excited. It's okay to get excited. Why? Because you discovered love. How many guys wanted to tell when they met their girlfriend or their wife for the first time, man, let me tell you about this hot lady I've met. Still fleshly, eh? <sighs> but you want to talk, don't you? Don't you want to talk about the things that you love? Of course you do. Kids. Man, we love talking about our kids. Why? Because we love our kids. Why? Because the reality of loving your kids is in us. Yeah? Well, guess what? There's something bigger than that will trump all of that stuff. It's the love of him through the baptism of his power and his fire. Acts 1, 4 to 5, gathering them together. He commanded them. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. But to wait. We don't like to wait. Wait and rest go together. I'm not talking about waiting for a bus. I'm talking about sitting in his presence and waiting upon the Lord. So what he promises comes. You may have to wait quite a while. Can we? Well, we're so grown up in a now culture. I want to know what Score was right now, Mark, between Liverpool and who are we playing, bro? AC Milan. Right, let's, let's find out what the score is. Half time, wow, we're up 3 0. Yeah, going well. And we're 56 minutes into the game. I just found out what's happening on the other side of the world in a blink of an eye. But God says, good luck with that one. You're going to have to wait. Oh, for a maybe 40 years, bro, before you start your ministry because there's such a work I want to do in you and through you because you stink at the moment. Sorry, but you stink. You're so full of yourself. Not literally. You're just full of yourself. You think you're all about that. And if I gave you this now, you'd go and butcher it and you'd abuse yourself and you'd abuse other people. So I'm going to take you on a journey for 40 years. You want to come? 80 years old. He was Rolf's age when he started. You hang around that long? See, wait. Sorry, 20 seconds. You don't turn up in 20 seconds. Man, I've got things to do. I've got places to go, people to see, meetings to have, because I'm building the church. I've got conferences to go to. Hear me, I'm not knocking those things, but if the church isn't being built the way he intends with joy, peace, life coming out, being hope, what are we supposed to be known for? You know what? If we ain't known for love, we're going to be very severely dealt with through his fire and he judges us and it will be a loving judgment. Go read the word again. It's love that he takes us through a fire. It's love that he purifies us. There's nothing... In him that's evil, it's love. Come through the fire and have all the dross burnt off you. 
and my grace will be sufficient. I'm going to pour out and do a work in you and you're going to thank me. Ask this guy whether he's thankful now for what he went through over the last eight weeks. I'll tell you what, he wasn't. He was kicking, screaming, and we were loving and, 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 and we were all being tested, especially his wife. While he goes through, it's not easy. Why do you think we have to have love for one another? Because when it happens, guess what? Ugly comes out. The flesh comes out. And if love isn't there to cover it, nothing happens. And look at the church. See, there's such a work. So we all have to go through it together. But love was there to cover. Love has been. This is what God's been doing on the staff for the last three and a half years. We don't even talk about vision and strategy and all that stuff. We talk about getting to know Him and getting to love one another because out of knowing Him, we'll love one another. And this is what we are experiencing on the staff. Some of the stuff we've talked about, some of the conversations we can have now, we couldn't have, look, he's laughing. We couldn't have them two years ago. Behind the scenes, you could see in people's minds, what a lot of crap that is. What a lot of, what, he, he believes that, she believes that. Love. Love. Grace. So we can allow the Spirit to move through the baptism of His power and His finest Spirit so we're able to walk this out through a lifetime and what covers it all is our love for one another because we've all been loved and forgiven and accepted for all our rubbish, haven't we? And what you see is the true representation of God's people, the ecclesia, the church, on the earth. And for a snapshot, you can see it in here. Go read Acts 4 or 5. These people didn't give their stuff away and live in homes because they thought that was a program or a good idea. They had something in them that enabled them to live like that. That's why if we do all those things of the flesh, it never lasts. That's why the house church movement's never lasted. That's why this environment, there isn't life in it because it's got to come from within. But it's fully possible. But we all have to submit. And so then the church is known for what Jesus prayed for in John 17. I pray, see, Jesus prays, not Greg prays, Jesus prays, the God of the universe, that my people would be what? One. Well, how is oneness of spirit, not flesh? That's easy to do. We're doing that well. It's called conformity. Oneness of spirit cannot be found in any other place than in him. Who saw my clip last week of the football? They had a oneness with one another because they knew one another? No, I told you, I've been in that environment. I've hugged men, I've loved men, I've bought beers for men, I've walked with men, I've protected men, not because I knew them, but because they had a red shirt on. That red shirt was our God. You may laugh at that, but it's a true reality. That was our God. And we're all in love with our God, which creates oneness with my brother. And I don't even know him. Never met the guy. This happened just recently when I was downtown. I'm shouting a guy a beer. He's shouting me a beer at one o'clock in the morning. 
and we're getting to know one another. Why? Because I knew him, didn't have a clue who he was. Haven't seen him again. Seen him an email, that was it. What was the intimate? Why was there oneness? Because of the God we worship, called Liverpool Football Club. So where does our oneness come from? Not from trying to get to know one another. Get to know him. Well, if that's going to happen, you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Continuous. You need his power. You need his fire. Continuously. You need to seek him more and more. And like, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself in me. So I'm able to actually be able to do this. Because once again, there's nothing in me that wants to do. Let me just give you some more scriptures and then we'll... Well, we're going to pray, okay? Um, let's just do this. If, if you want, what I felt we want to do is just lay hands on people and just believe and pray. And so if you are stirred right now and you're in a posture of heart that I've described today because you want more of Him, so there's a sense of a brokenness upon you, there's a contrite spirit upon you, not because you think it would be a cool idea, not because you think yeah, that would be really neat because then I can do X, Y, and Z. There's no selfish motive in this at all. This is what needs to be seen, I believe, for more of a release of God. If you want that, so I want to invite you to come right now and stand here. And I'm just going to read these other bits of scriptures out and then I'm just going to lay hands on you with some other, with the elders and there if you can come. And we'll just believe and pray. It doesn't have to be long. okay? And as we do that, I'm going to just listen to these Continue to listen to these passages. Thanks up, Paul. Can you get that? Cool. Yes. <clears throat> Acts one eight. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Acts two four. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Acts 6 verse 5, this statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Acts eleven twenty four. for he, Barnabas, was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. John 3 verse 34, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. Without measure. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Thank you, Father. So right now what we're going to do is we're just, the Bible says that laying hands on people. We don't have to try and manufacture this. We don't have to try and conjure it up. There's nothing that we have to do in our flesh. God wants to do it. God will. That's all we have to worry about. And, and if nothing happens, that's fine. Okay. So just continue to seek Him. It's a continuous thing. It's not something like an event. It's a lifestyle that we live. And we ask for more and more continuously. And we believe by faith that he will do it. And it is for his glory. His glory. Maybe if you're 
sitting, you can start praying for these people while we also lay hands on them and we do this as one family. So I can ask that, I can just sit there and go, oh, this is cool, and watch it. We can start praying. And then if you feel led also to come up, feel free to come up.